0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News podcast with Simon Cocking, senior editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners.
1: Hi, it's Melanie Boylan here from Irish Tech News. And today in today's podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking to two very interesting people bringing up a nice new topic for us. So I'm first speaking to Rob, who is an associate professor of economics at the University of Southern California. His research tests economic theory using field experiments and identifies practical solutions to business and government challenges. He was a collaborator on Mindspace, the first influential report about the implications of behavioral economics, and Rob's recent research has been featured in the Harvard Business Review the Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times, and was cited in the award of the Nobel Prize in Economics to Richard Thaler, the co-founder of Signal. And Natalie, (laughs) you're the product manager for Signal, aren't you? Yes, I am. So Rob Metcalf and Natalie Leroy, thank you for joining me today on today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So Rob, you're an economist. How did you become involved in behavioral science in aviation?
0: Yeah, so I was actually doing my PhD um, in Imperial College London uh, back in the late 2000s. And I was, my, my supervisor was Paul Dolan and he was working with the government of how to use some of the, the new insights from behavioral economics in public policymaking. And so I've just been generally interested from a research point of view in thinking about how can organizations, like public or private, um, incorporate the lessons from behavioral economics into the structures of the workplace. And so when when economists have looked at organizations, there's actually a surprising variation in productivity. So for example, if you take like in, in one industry, any industry, if you look at the top 10 percentile of most productive firms, they are at least two times as productive as the bottom 10 hmm. percent. That's kind of like a, um, a ratio and a cystic that's sort of uh, the same across every industry. And so we so approached uh, a few airlines to understand, like, I, I have kind of interest in the environment we approached a few airlines to understand, how are these practices um, being embedded uh, within organizations? And so Virgin Atlantic were um, actually very interested in in discussing some of the ideas that we had. So we met with them and uh, realized they have a really amazing data about how their airline captains actually um, fly their planes, um, especially from like a, a fuel point of view and an on-time point of view. Can so, I ask, when
1: did this start, Rob? Yes,
0: yeah, so the discussions with Virgin Atlantic started around about 2012.
1: Oh, right, um, so it's a very long-term project.
0: Yeah, so, so with economics <laughs> uh, the, the, the lag of, you know, when you do a project and then publication is actually really quite long gosh, uh, gosh. for various reasons. Um, so, so this was when I was, uh, I was um, doing a postdoc at the University of Oxford before I moved to the US. And um, after some dis- like really great discussions of Virgin Atlantic, um, we settled on doing a project on testing some of like, these discrete management practices that can potentially impact on productivity. Mm. So some of them were, you know, are we giving the captains the right information about how fuel efficient they are? Do we give captains like actually get KPIs or targets for them to reach every month about their fuel efficiency? And then lastly, we tested, could we actually incentivize them uh, to become field efficient captains by saying, if if they hit certain targets, we will donate certain um, pounds to the charity of their choice. And so we wanted to test these things and and where like my sort of empirical and methodological interest comes from is we really need to do more field experiments, more, more randomized control trials within organizations to understand what works. I think that's what was really incredible about this partnership with Virgin Atlantic was they were actually willing to randomize these different management practices across their airline captains to understand actually what works. So can we ran-
1: Can I interject there? Because please. using KPIs, um, it, you have to balance that up with um, you know the health and safety of the the people flying on the plane. So how do you balance that up?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So what we had were three behaviors that Virgin Atlantic believed and actually every other airline believes Mm -hmm. that these captains should be doing. Okay. So it's like putting the exact right amount of fuel on a, on a plane. It's about like using the right amount of fuel from takeoff to to landing. Obviously like these airlines know a lot about uh, the weather conditions and what the expectation of the fuel is, but it's like, can, can, can they, can fuel use be optimized? And I think that's where they were going towards. And then lastly was once, the third behavior was once that, that plane hits the tarmac, could they actually turn off at least one of their engines? Because when you're being taxi in, there's very little need to have your engines turned on for example, uh, and that has no like safety. Isn't
1: that used for reverse thrust though?
0: Uh, you need at least uh, one engine to like get to the, the, the terminal. Okay. But you don't need all of your. Oh, so
1: when you're taxing, not when you're landing.
0: When you're taxing, yes.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So that was the third third behavior. So these are the three behaviors, and we just said, hey, like we we know your past performance on these three behaviors. Mm-hmm. Can we actually like motivate uh, each captain to actually improve their performance? And so that's where you know we saw by by using data science to be able to understand like how they were currently performing. And then leveraging sort of the incorporation of behavioral science and management science together to understand okay, can we actually move these captains towards more fuel-efficient decisions? And and, and you're quite you're completely correct that these decisions or these uh, management practices were in line with safety procedures. So we never told them you know we want you to put fuel over safety first. That was never the case. It's always safety first, and then. Once you have safety um, you know, completed or, or considered, then think about the fuel-efficient decisions that you should be making. And so we ran this for eight months um, in, in 2014 and 2015. And it was just uh, incredible, uh, some of the changes that we, that we had in, in the fuel decision-making of, of the airline captains.
1: And what was, what was the incredible feedback that you got?
0: Yeah, so what's really nice about running like a randomized control trial within an organization is that we, we actually get to see what works. So we can compare what we've done with a set of captains who didn't have these types of management practices. Hmm. And so over an eight-month period, on those three behaviors that I mentioned, like getting the right amount of fuel or the optimal amount of fuel on board, using the optimal amount of fuel between takeoff and landing and then turning some engines off as you're being taxied in, uh, we saw improvements uh, across the board uh, for those for those three behaviors. And it seemed like as we started to increase the amount of management practices that airline captains had, so if, they use, if we use like information and targets and then pro-social incentives given to the captains, it seemed to further increase their, energy, uh, their fuel efficient behaviors. And so that for us was kind of incredible. Uh, in that eight month period, uh, we were able to save Virgin Atlantic of about um, $6.1 million in fuel use, which was wow. you know, a, a really big saving. Yes. For us. Um, just, and these are, you know, it's quite, these are not drastic changes in, in management practices. It's just using the right management practice at the right time for the right captain. And so that's the immediate financial impact. But obviously it has huge environmental impact. So every ton of fuel, every ton of jet fuel that's uh, not used, you kind of save about 3.2 tons of carbon dioxide emissions. So the impact on the environment is actually quite large. And so when we work out how cost-effective it is, it's actually a very cost-effective tool to Mitigate uh, CO two uh, consumption uh, in in the airline industry, hmm. and then, lastly, which is like totally unexpected, so we actually ran surveys with each captain um, after the the experiment finished, and we asked them a, a battery of questions. The one of the main ones was job satisfaction. Because we were thinking, well, I was thinking from from an economics point of view, if you try to nudge and motivate these captains to work a little bit harder in their job to become more fuel efficient, that might make them to have lower job satisfaction. Like if if the airline is trying to get them to do more of something they don't want to do, uh, they do it, um, it it might backfire. But we actually saw the opposite. Uh, We actually saw that those captains that, particularly in the, in the target group and the pro-social group, they actually had a significant increase in their job satisfaction in comparison to the control, control captains.
1: And how was that, so that measured?
0: It's on a sort of a, a control one to seven point scale. So it's okay. just like um, lately, how satisfied are you with your job? One being com- no, not, not at all satisfied and seven being completely satisfied. And those, the differences between like the pro-social captains and the control captains um, through this intervention that we did was similar to going from poor health to excellent health and job satisfaction. It really was a large difference. And so that kind of opened my eyes to think, well, actually, captains perform better with these management practices. They uh, are doing a lot of good for the environment and they actually really like it. So we actually asked them, like, "Do you want these management practices to carry on?" And over um, over four or five captains said, "Yes, I want more of this. I like this type of of intervention." And so off the back of that, we were like, "Well, if this is something captains really want and it helps the bottom line of the companies, oh, yeah. why don't we why don't we create something?" Um, and so we to create a company called Signal, where we uh, hope to deliver those three things, fuel fuel savings for the airline uh, industry, mm-hmm. improved environmental outcomes, but also make their captains healthier and happier. And, and that was the objective of creating Signal.
1: I'm sorry, I'm going to ask another question.
2: <laughs> please, please.
1: Um, did it matter what type of plane they were flying because some are more automated than others especially like the a380 which is massive but it's almost completely um automated so does, does the automations help with reducing fuel as well
0: yeah i think one of the great things of of partnering with um companies and doing this type of research is that they have <laughs> a tremendous amount of data on 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 their employees and the jobs taking place and so we had a lot of information about, you know, exactly what plane type you know, what airport they So were that was from.
1: beforehand,
0: was it? Yeah, we had all this information right. beforehand. Um, we knew, we knew kind of like, you know, everything about the journey, whether it be location specific and then plane specific. And then, so when we separated the, the analysis and doing like subgroup analysis for like the Airbus versus the Boeing um, planes or, experienced captains versus non-experienced captains or how
1: high they fly exactly, <laughs> layovers
0: exactly yeah. all these things mm. we didn't really find any significant differences on the effect of what we did in okay. terms of the interventions so on baseline there might be differences in how efficient some like older captains versus younger captains are you know where they fly into the type of planes there are some differences there at baseline but during the experiment, the actual like, treatment effect that we got, it didn't seem to vary by some of, these, um, some of these variables. And so that gave us also some more motivation, an indication that this, if we can create a product that can deliver this to the industry, it doesn't matter whether the captains are old, whether they fly you know, out of Heathrow or fly out of JFK, or whether they fly an Airbus or a Boeing, it seems to have worked. And so that gave us a little bit more indication that this could be a successful, um, a successful product.
1: And just one last question before I go over to um, to Natalie, how how would you foresee this being uptaked by different airlines? I know you, you can probably speak quite quite thoroughly about Virgin, but is it affordable um, way of te- you know uptake for each of the airlines?
0: Yeah, so. From what, we, from what we've seen in the, in the Virgin data uh, and what we've done so far with a few other airlines, it seems like we can definitely um, reduce the overall fuel use by at least about one or two percentage points. Hmm. And so fuel use is the largest variable cost for airlines. Yep. So if you can get like one or 2% by just using this, this product, that's, that's a huge deal. So I think like the, from a benefit cost ratio is, is pretty high. But okay. then you also got the environmental component too. And so, you know, we're, we're delivering not just fuel savings, but um, CO2 abatement as well. And as it seems like more airlines are caring more about CO2 emissions mm. and policymakers are caring more about it.
1: I was going to ask you about that, actually. They're, they're yeah. doing sustainability um, policy updates, aren't they?
0: Exactly, exactly. So the future will definitely have, i say more binding, I would say environmental constraints. Right. And so this is clearly a product that goes in line with trying to measure the, the, the reduction in CO2, but also like, why do we have that reduction in CO2 and putting a, a monetary value on that? I think that's where we believe it's, it's highly viable. And it's a high value add for for aviation companies, but also type of work that Natalie and other members of the team are doing in other industries right now.
1: Okay, that's that was an excellent answer. Thank you very much. Um, Now, Natalie, um, sorry for (laughs) leaving you over in the corner there. Um, But uh, can, can this scale? Can everyone use behavioral research to cut fuel efficiency?
2: Um, yes, yes, they can. And we've built this in, on the back of the study, utilizing the most effective findings so that we can um, address a lot of issues that are come holistically with the entire system um, from relationships between pilots and management mm-hmm. and unions um, and also uh, nudging people on their entire journey, right? So not just when you're at work, but also um, throughout the entire cycle that you have for appointments that month. Um, and we're, we're using this to individually nudge pilots or other skilled operators in, in other industries like ship captains in maritime um, and other sustainable practices that we can incorporate. Over time, we're hoping that these small decisions can add up and that we won't just be addressing things in maritime, but we'll also be using um, nudges to help people cut waste in, in other um, industries as well. Okay, so it's great it's not just airlines you're looking at as well, so. No, no. Um, we're we're looking at stuff in maritime, in trucking, rail, and then possibly resale.
1: You're covering all bases. <laughs> <laughs> and and how do you feel that pilots feel about using products like this?
2: Well, pilots are are a particular um, type of a type of study and, and stubborn creature. I would say that that most pilots have an immense amount of training, and there's a lot of. Responsibility and automation that's baked into every decision that they make on a daily basis, right? Um, it's not just how how they're making decisions; it's about the people that are all around them that they're that they're um, they're making decisions for. And so, what we're trying to do is get out of the way of how they work but also remind them in the way that a Fitbit might remind you to exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To make one small decision every day, to become a little bit healthier, to make one more sustainable decision every day. And with that, all of that adding up will make quite a bit of difference for their entire cohort, their entire fleet. Um, and what I've learned at working with Signal is that pilots are very forthright in their criticisms of, of what can go wrong and what can happen with Signal and I'm very aware of lots of different cases of um, where something, we're making a sustainable decision isn't quite possible. But I think mm. at the core of it, pilots love to see how they're doing and they're competitive and they want to know what kind of feedback that they can get so that they can mm. perform even better. Even when people come in to um, argue with me during a user test, <laughs> their curiosity gets the best of them. And, and I think that um, people in these physicians, these key decision makers, or what we call kind of skilled uh, skilled operators, they're doing stuff on their own. They are um, they're acting on their own. They're driven by something that's, that's bigger than just, I'm fulfilling my job today. They're really... Um, They're looking to do better and and driven by their own excellence. And so we tap into that and we enable it through Signal.
1: I I agree. I think the mindset has massively changed, certainly over the last five years. And no small thanks to um, Greta Thunberg. She's just, you know, Mm -hmm. changed everything for everybody and her insistence and, you know, boating everywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but you know, you're absolutely right. Things have changed and we have to change our mindset too. And I think you know, a Fitbit nudge is, is probably enough for a lot of us, to be honest. It's just getting into better mm-hmm. behavior, isn't it? So this, this has been really, really interesting. Is what, what can we learn? Where can we learn more about Signal? And you know, where can we find out more information about what you're up to and what you're up to next?
2: Um, well, we're, we're able to read the research that Rob spoke about online um, on our website, but we're also hosting a roundtable and not just coming from our perspective, but we're including pilots, union ad- advocates, and also management um, to discuss this idea of not using just biofuels or new designs in order to make changes for aviation, but to do small changes in management. Um, so you, you can find that um, find that on our website. We'd love to see you and what's the address of the website uh signal.io that's s-i-g-n-o-l uh, dot i-o yeah. perfect
1: it's so much easier not saying the first three letters they take too long <laughs> don't they <laughs> Um, it's true well thank you so much both of you um natalie and robert for joining us today um really interesting topic as you can see it's something i'm quite passionate about myself yes Uh, and um I i look forward to hearing more updates in the future
0: thank you melanie thank you for time
1: thank you
2: melanie